Welcome to the RSP Cast. I'm Matt Waldman with the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. If you're black, or you're truly a friend or family to black people, the summer of 2020 was an especially painful time. Now, I shared some of my personal feelings several months ago at my site, and I'm on this podcast, and I've made suggestions about how to have conversations about race in America, and I introduced the possibility that I would be having further conversations about this subject on this pod and at my site in the future. Well, that time's come. Um, and, you know, you fast forward to what happened recently as the world witnessed a group of mostly white men, many of them bearing symbols long associated with white supremacy, storm the U.S. Capitol. And whether we want to acknowledge it or not, our public witnessed the unadulterated double standard of how black and white people are regarded in this country, how they're treated. And you juxtapose it with what was going on with the Black Lives Matter marches. So um, my buddy Mike Crawford and I had a conversation. Mike um, leads the Deep Cover podcast with his buddies, Carrie and Chris. And I've had the privilege to be on that with them a number of times over the summer. And uh, we ended up getting together and had a free-flowing conversation about race. And uh, so we just let the tape roll and I've split this up into parts and um, we're just gonna talk, we just talk about pretty much anything and everything that kind of comes to mind here. Um, and this was a two and a half hour conversation. This podcast is only about 45 to 50 minutes in length depending on how long this intro is gonna be. Um, but the main thing about this conversation that I took away was how do they feel about being black men in the United States at this point in our history? And really, how do they feel about me asking the question, how do they feel about it? So keep in mind that when we talk about people in this conversation, that um, we're talking about a specific race, we're not generalizing all people. So when you hear me say white people or black people or Chris Carey or Mike say white people or black people are not implying all they're implying certain people, you know, but we are oftentimes talking about what we've experienced with a wider group of people from um, different racial backgrounds. So um, hopefully you find this podcast worthwhile um, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, we were going to stop because we had like life shit going on. I'd be like, cool, that happens. No, I mean, look, we we stopped what last year. I don't remember when we stopped last year, but we stopped for a minute last year too. So that would have been cool. But then if you would have said, okay, well, the Ravens won five games in a row to get into the playoffs, had to win five games in a row to get into the playoffs, or a bunch of crazy ass white people would storm the Capitol and break in, which one of those two things would bring us back together? <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised by the second one. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm certainly not. Any anything is possible in America, but uh, I, I would have been like, nah, nah, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, how's everybody feeling? And I ask that, and I ask that, kind of aware of the fact. I'll say this. Um, I ask that I ask that and I get I would understand at least when I have conversations with my family and with my wife that when I ask that question especially being white that sometimes there are a lot of people that listen to that and go 
I, I don't really trust you enough to tell you really how I'm feeling, depending on the work situation, you know, depending on the situation it is. Like at work, you know, my wife gets asked that question and it's kind of like, well, I'm at work, you know, this is, this is a work situation. This isn't a, a personal thing. If you want to ask me that personally outside of work, that's cool. But I know that that's, um, that's a whole other subject in itself, you know, but I mean, I'd still, I think for this thing, I would still, I'd love to know how you guys feel. I mean, how you feel about the situation, knowing too that unfortunately in the society we have, sometimes how we all interact, that can be a dangerous thing to ask because of the way that people respond to when you say truly how you feel about a situation. Whereas if I said something about how I feel, about a situation people say oh he's just angry he's just upset he's not a threat he's just at, he's just saying how he feels where if you just simply say how you feel people make that out to be a bigger deal yeah i can't tell you if you ask me that at work i can't tell you unless i i'm gonna have to pat you down because <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. i really if i really tell you then, you know, yeah, that's definitely in the back of my mind. Like, well, where is that going to go? You know, is yeah. it just going to stay with me and that person or they going to go and tell us, especially like you said, if I if I let the real real out, they're going to be like, OK, this dude is crazy. Um, I need to tell somebody. So now nah, at work, I, I mean, you know, we everybody has people at work who you do trust, you right. know, who you do have kind of a little bit more than just that work relationship with. You might talk about some of that stuff, but just like. I know what you're talking about, just, you know, because like, you and I talked last time and about, you know, you're just you're just on the job and, and you know, people are just like, so how are you feeling about everything? Like, nah, I'm not telling you. Right. <laughs> right. That's just me. I, I, I'd love to hear from Carrie and Chris, but I'm, yeah, I'm not telling you. Yeah, it, it also it depends, like you said, who it's coming from, because uh, the the other partner that I had that I was working with. She was black and we worked in the office together eight hours a day, every day. So we had a bond, you know, we're from the same area, same cultural background. So when we wanted to talk about something, we spoke about it. Right. But anybody else outside of that office, cause it was just us two in the office, but she's gone now. So if anybody else would ask me, I would just look at them like, just shut the fuck up, please. Like. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I don't know you like that. Like, we don't have that bond. We're not from the same place. Like, I remember my supervisor, she fired this uh, short Puerto Rican guy, very nice, you know, always jolly, but she fired him. She comes up to me. She's like, Chris, you think he's going to come back? I'm like, what What do you mean? She's like, you think he's, like, going to come back and try to attack somebody here? I'm like, why do you think that? Like, cause it, he wasn't belligerent or anything. He was just like, I, I'm sorry that it happened, but you know, I understand. And then he got up and left. And she, for whatever reason, white lady from Long Island, which is like the New York of the South, uh, the, the South of New York. And she was like, is he going to come back? I'm like, no, like, what are you nuts? Like he didn't, he didn't have that kind of energy at all. And it's just, you gotta look at who she was, I guess. How about you, Carrie? Yeah, for me, you would think I'm Tyreek Hill when these situations come up. I get out of there so fast. <laughs> <laughs> because to me, I feel like 
most of the time when people ask how you feel about these situations, they don't really care how you actually feel. They ask you these questions because they feel comfortable enough with you that you're going to give like a, a, a PC answer or, you know, a non-threatening answer. So, you know, if I tell you how I really feel and you disagree with it, then, you know, it's going to be awkward. Um, if you're not um, understanding uh, of my perspective and you're insensitive to that, then, you know, it's kind of a wasted interaction because I'm going to get, you know, frustrated and upset with it, um, you know, because you brought this to me, you asked me this, and I tell you how I actually feel, and then you, 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 you know, you're going to try to make excuses or pacify, you know, behavior that shouldn't be happening. So, you know, I, I just try to avoid it at all costs, really. Yeah, because, I mean, I at least tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, it seems like the seems like the situations that I've either encountered at work or I listen to my family talk about in their encounters at work. You, you know, I know from the side of what I've seen where I've had other white people tell me that they they would respond in the way that like, they heard. They asked somebody how they felt and they gave a real answer. Um, they would probably be more likely to say, well, that person's aggressive or disagreeable or i don't know if i feel we can trust them or if they have um you know a real sense of maturity or control or all sorts of things like that and you know that they're talking that they have an ignorant point of view based on some level of fear that they've grown up with as and that's been reinforced in our society about black people as opposed to if I said I was angry or upset about something that they just be like, oh, well, that was just he was just having a bad moment or having a bad day or he felt a certain way about it. And he's angry about that stuff. But that doesn't translate to how he performs his job. Whereas with, you know, with a lot of black people, it seems like with a lot of society, I would say with a lot of white people who the way they view black people, the mistake they make, the ignorance that they have is that they think that somehow someone expressing their feelings is somehow going to translate to how they perform at work or they are or that's rooted more in a level of fear or a certain level of um, ignorant, how not even ignorance, bias, where it just confirms something that they already feel about black people in the first place. And it's just like that puts, you know, if you're working in a, if you're working in an office situation or any kind of work situation, it just, you know, you're having to deal with enough of seeing people with their biases in the first place to kind of have to just avoid that stuff in the first place. And then when that's kind of opened up there, it's just like, God, I don't even want to be around that. Yeah, it's just it's such a unrealistic standard. Right. You know, we we talked about this the last time, and I guess I'm a I'm gonna double down on it because we didn't we didn't put it out there last time, and uh, I'll say it again. So if it if it becomes a problem, then it becomes a problem. But uh, it's like I told you that there was a part of me, and I ended up feeling guilty about it for feeling this way. But there was a part of me that was like, you know what? I'm glad those folks felt that fear of you know, vulnerability, not feeling safe, 
knowing that somebody could run up in your place of work and attack you. So I'm glad they felt that. They needed to feel that to see what that feels like. Because I said, for a lot of black people, that's every day. That's not just at work. That's at home. That's anywhere where you just don't preach. have a sense. Yeah, yes, shoot, shoot, yeah, preach. Look, <laughs> you just don't have that sense of security, right? Because you just don't know when something like that is going to happen. And, you know, you can you can take it to the, you know, police uh, interactions, and that's a whole separate conversation. But I'm, I'm just talking about just being in your home, being in your neighborhood, being, you know, wherever, and knowing that in the back of your mind, you know, that that something like that could happen now like i told you man i said i felt guilty about feeling that way because um you know the other part of me the bigger part of me i think feels like look i try to to think about it from um if that was my family member in there that was my wife working in there or you know somebody i know and i and i actually did like we you and i talked about i actually did have a couple friends who were down there so then that brought me back and it was like well no i wouldn't I don't. I wouldn't think that way about them. I want them to be safe. I'm, I'd be worried about them. You know, I'd want to get in touch with them and make sure that they're okay. So that kind of brought me back. But that standard that you talked about, that, was, that took us all the way around. That that's just an unrealistic standard that gets applied. I think sometimes to to black people, like we can't just express ourselves the same way that other people can. Like I couldn't just express anger, or I couldn't express hurt or pain, right? Without it being something else. Oh well, he said this, so. We got to watch him now or, you know, he's going to shut down now. Maybe he, he's just going to check out and not do no work today because he told me he was mad. You know, we, we just can't express ourselves like like any other human being <laughs> without being held to some kind of standard that that's yeah. just not fair. And I, th I think something, too, that more people who aren't black should understand is when stuff like this happens, it takes a toll on everybody. Like, it's not just, okay, that happened. Now we move on. Let's go to work the next day. It's like, no, like, there's a black cloud over me. Like, I know over the summer, you know, Mike, I remember you talking about it. How it was just like, man, I cannot get this out of my head. Like, it's on my mind all the time. I was mad and, all the time. Yeah. All the and time. they don't understand that. They, they don't, it, it's, it's just another event. It's like a landslide to them or like, you know, a hurricane. It's like, all right, it'll be, that's it. You know, it's done. Get over it. Move on. But they don't understand like the, just the weight that you feel when that stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know listening, it's interesting because when you have, I have the, you know, I have the privilege to where I walk outside alone and I don't feel anything that you feel that you experience. I don't have to take a temperature of the room. I don't have to deal with how this person might behave around me, how this, you know, I don't have to, I don't fear the police pulling me over. I don't have any of that. Now, when I go, when I'm with my family, I feel a lot different. I'm always, I'm always taking the temperature of the room. I'm looking around because of the interactions that I've seen where I've had the experiences that I've had, where I've seen how people regard my family, whether I'm there or not, and then regard me in addition to my family as a result of the fact that they see black people, you know, and the assumptions that they make with that. Um, so, <clears throat> 
it's a different and as having experienced that when i see these issues that have that have happened and happened over and over and have historically happened over and over again i get you know i've gotten at least a little bit of a sense of what that's like to not stop being able to think about that to try and get some sleep or try and relax and it sits in your mind all night you know and then you're angry about that and then you look at people and you're just like is this going to be the dumbass today that I'm going to go to jail for this type of situation when I'm like out in public, you know, where I'm going to have to do something that I wouldn't didn't think I'd normally ever have to do? Or am I going to be in a you know, it, you know, I think about my wife and the war, you know, she comes home and talks about what goes on with her. And as you know, early on in my relationships, I mean, the first time that I was living with someone and had black family in my life you know being in my at that time being in my late 20s you know i would i would hear my significant other talk about coming home from work and something that happened or an interaction at the grocery store and until i saw it like i wanted to believe it in the abstract but it was hard for me to really like grasp until i really saw it and then you start to realize that those things happen so often that it may not happen every day. It might happen three times in a day. It might happen once a month. But the fact that it could happen at any point, you, uh, someone like me who was ignorant of that, you know, all I saw was what I read in a history book or what I saw, what I was taught or what people told me until I experienced it, sad to say, to you know, and saw it in front of my own eyes over and over again. That was the first opportunity for to go. Wow, now I if I thought that could happen to me at any moment every day, I'd be pissed as fuck. Like on a regular basis, and I would have a hard trouble trusting people. And you know, when I was at work at first, I mean, before that happened, I would, I had a lot of people I worked with who were white, black different different nationalities different races but when i talk with black people i would notice that some people would be i could just feel a vibe where it was like i don't trust you like i don't really i just want to interact with you with the bare minimum that i'm going to interact with you on other folks were friendlier with me um other folks were friendly with me and, and i sensed in a way that they were being friendly with me the way they thought i would want them to be friendly um and and then as time went on and and i think that as some of the people i worked with over a number of years started to get to know me then i would see things where it was like you'd start to see trust but it would be on a level of like what i would hear is well he's a human being and at first i kind of heard someone say well you're a human being about it and i thought well we're all human beings but i what my ignorance was that I acted like a human being who understood a little bit more about the dynamics going on as opposed to there are a lot of people who are just ignorant of that so much so that they don't know how to be sensitive uh, to, to the situation or even understand it. So I don't know. I just want to share that because I think about, I think about how, you know, I just look at this and I'm just like, it, I, it wasn't surprising to me. Whereas I had some white friends who I talk about the dynamics that 
I, uh, that about some of the experiences I've had and what I've learned and what my family has had. And so, some of my friends like are very empathetic, but may not be around a lot of black people, may not live around a lot, a lot of black people and are new to this. And when the Capitol happened, they couldn't even finish sentences. Like they're watching it and going, I, I can't believe that they just let them in and then just stop. Or there were Ku Klux Klansmen, you know, marching with flags in the cap, you know, I mean, just like couldn't even put it all together and was just like, I know this is what you were talking about, but, and I, and I believed it on one level, but I guess I really didn't until I saw it. Yeah. It was just another sign of the divide to me too, because whether you were watching it on TV or following it on social media or even talking about it, you know, with your friends and family, you did hear that. And, you know, I don't want to overgeneralize because I'm sure not everybody was saying these things on every side, but the sort of generalization among white people that I heard was, well, I can't believe this is happening. I'm shocked this is happening. And black people were like, what? Why are you surprised that this is happening? What are you surprised about this? Right. <laughs> the only thing was like, I'm surprised that if, if, if it was, you know, more white people down there, you know, even that wouldn't have been a surprise because the reaction, you know, we were thinking about the reaction. We're like, oh, reaction would have been totally different. National Guard would already been there. I mean, and what was, yeah. what was funny about that conversation was that, that specific comment, because I had a couple people say that to me. I won't, I won't name any names because they like to, we like to have these private conversations. I, I try to protect uh, their privacy because they're not they're not comfortable having these out in public uh, but they're white people and they were like yeah I, I just don't think that that's true I mean I hear what you're saying but I don't really know if it would be what you're describing if it were I said look we don't have to speculate just look back that's the film Watch the film. It's right there. I said the tape don't lie, baby. <laughs> we don't have to speculate. We already know what would happen. But that goes back to me to one of the the, the core issues. Uh, we all kind of have used the word is that that trust, and you know, we we just still don't have, and that and that trust has to be earned, and it's and it's hard because you're right, Matt. I mean, I think. I'll, I'll speak from only for myself. Chris and, Carrie, Chris and Carrie can give you their experiences, but you 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 are always a little suspicious because even if something hasn't happened to you directly, you know somebody who it's happened to. <laughs> and you're like, you know what? They said this or they did that, and then it got twisted and turned around, and you know, and got told to this person or told to that person, and something negative came out of it. And so, you know, you 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 just are always a little bit hesitant because you just never really know. And, you know, I think that prevents a lot of honest conversations because it's on both sides. You know, we're both, we're, we're both in our own heads like, nah, he going to do this or they going to say that or they, and so I'm not going to do this. And I'm sure the same thing has happened on the other side. It's like, well, I don't want to say this because I don't know how they're going to take it. And so we never get to the point of actually, you know, having an open and honest conversation because, there's all of this, you know, mistrust that's been built up. Even if I say what's crazy about it is even if it hasn't happened to us directly, right? We still we still feel it. We still carry that weight. Like Chris said, we carry the weight of that distrust. Well, white and people are the like, same. White people are the same way. White people have most white people have never been a victim of anything that would make them afraid of black people the way they are afraid of black people. But nonetheless, they're still afraid of black people. In terms, because of the things that have been reinforced of what's been told to them in some sort of way, you know, and that's 
and that's part of the problem is overcoming that. And I, and I, I mean, I'd love, we could talk about it now. We could talk about it later, but I would love to ask you guys what you think. Cause Mike and I talked about this as well, which was how to start the conversation, when to start the conversation, when not to start the conversation, you know I mean? Cause we laughed and joked about, I mean, cause why, you know, what I noticed too is like, the white people I've worked with, at least on a regular basis, far, you know, as a tendency, we're more likely to talk about anything in, that's going on in their lives at work. They're like right. the, They're more likely to talk about their relationships, talk about what troubles their kids are having, all sorts of things, because they feel inherently safe that that's not going to be in. No one's going to make an issue about them talking about their personal lives at work. But where that's the exact opposite if you're black in this country and work and at work. So I would think that part of that dynamic too is if you're, you know, the workplace isn't the place to start that conversation just because of that kind of barrier anyway. But like if you, but you also spend most of your day working with people who are going to be different than you, because unfortunately a lot of our society is segregated. A lot of our, unless you live in a bigger city, you know, most of the time you live in neighborhoods that are segregated. So how do you start to develop bonds with people who are different than you? And how do you have, how do you start that conversation? How would each of you individually either want to, if you felt comfortable having those conversations, how would you start? How would you want someone to start them with you? And would you at all? And if you don't, that's cool too. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's that's everyone's op, you know right to be able to either just want to or not want to. I let Chris it's tricky, you man, heard me, you because heard me, <laughs> go ahead, Chris. <laughs> it, it, it's tricky because sometimes, like, it, it depends who it is too. Because um, I know here in New York, there are people who, like, you could just tell right from the jump they don't like black people like you can just tell it's something about them that long island look like very like hey like you know get them out of here get these guys out of here like those kind of guys like i already know they don't they don't trust me they don't really like me not that they don't like me but it's just they already have preconceived notions just by how i look and how i talk how i dress so I don't think it would be an honest conversation. I think it would be more them talking at me instead of to me. And I don't really, I'm not down for those conversations. Like, like we had a, a forum similar to this in the summertime. You know, black people, white people, and we got to hear everybody's, you know, point of views. And I don't think I could have that conversation now because there were things said during that that conversation that we had where you can't say them now where it's like i don't understand why you think it's just a black thing it's like no at this point now january 2020 you don't see the difference you're choosing not to see it it's not that you don't understand you're just choosing not to see it so i just don't want to talk with those people at all because they're choosing to be ignorant and if they say something out of line that I don't agree with, I'm not going to be understanding anymore. Because that over the summer, I was understanding Mike and I and Carrie, we had 
a private conversation after that. We were like, can you believe what the hell this guy said? <laughs> <laughs> but we were under, but we let them have the platform to speak about it openly. And where I could look at Mike and I'm like, I could tell Mike wants to say something, but we're going to let this guy talk. But at this moment, that patience is not there anymore. And we, I, I know I don't want to hear it at all. Would there be any, just as a follow-up, would there be any type of questions that someone was like, if someone came to you and said, listen, Chris, I, we've worked together for six months um, and I know this ain't the place, but is there an opportunity for us to get a beer and go somewhere and maybe have a conversation? And I just want to ask you questions. I'm ignorant about a lot of things and I know I am. I just want to learn and I'm afraid that I'm going to say the wrong things, but I, I feel like that you and I get along a little bit here and I want to keep it outside of work. I don't want to take it into work with you and, and do anything there, but I feel like that you and I can talk a bit, that I can ask you some things and you can kind of give me the back story about things that I don't, I don't know about that I could learn more about. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, let's do it. I don't drink, but let's do it. Buy me some barbecue food or something. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we can do it. We can have this honest one-on-one. -on -one. Cause I feel like when people are one-on-one, -on -one, like uh, George Carlin used to say, it. he said, I hate groups of people, but I love individuals. Right. One-on-one, <laughs> so, -on -one, we could talk about it. Just you honest, I'm honest. Let's do it. You know, if you want to, you want to pull your heart out. I'm going to do the same thing. If we're going to have a good, honest conversation that's what i'm for good honest and you want to understand me i want to understand you let's do it but if it's not that i don't even want to deal with it yeah yeah because it's painful mm -hmm. it's painful and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of humility <clears throat> to even do that to even do what you said man for somebody to come yeah in that way and acknowledge all the things that you you know you said that you know this, this hypothetical person would acknowledge it takes some humility to do that and then it also takes, you know, some vulnerability because you're opening yourself up. You don't know what you're going to hear in that conversation. That's right. Right. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's more than likely there's, there's probably going to be some things that you don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if the, you know, whoever you're like, well, look, I'll just use me. If you're talking to me, you're going to hear some stuff that you don't like. Right. Right. Because I'm like, look, if you ask for it, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. And if you don't want it, okay then we, we don't have to go there. But if you ask for it, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, and white people get defensive. They get defensive about that. I mean, I can, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think about my father is a great example of someone who, you know, I didn't grow up with him, but I certainly saw him on a fair, on a, you know, probably three or four times a year. I got to travel to see him. But, you know, he and my mother were divorced since I was like three. So, but, you know, he's an interesting, he's like a lot of America in the sense of a lot of white America, which is, is he a, a form of a hard racist? No. Does he commit a lots of ignorances based on, you know, does he commit racist, have racist behaviors based on a lot of ignorance, ignorant things? Yeah, he's done that for sure. Is he open to wanting to learn and to, and to try hard if you have a conversation with him? Sure. Is there a point though that like when we, you know, have those conversations, He'll shut down a little bit because it's hard for him to, to go to a certain place. Absolutely. is, And that's hard on like my brother and, and maybe me at when I was younger because you'd see things with him that were 
like like a lot of white people, like we think, especially in sports, you think about white people that we talk to in sports, they'll idolize someone like Muhammad Ali. You know, my father will sit there and tell me all the stories about why he loved Muhammad Ali. And it had nothing to do about him as a boxer. So, you know, and then the first time that I actually was in a serious relationship where I thought I'm going to build a family and it was with a woman who was black, that that was when my father's ignorance started to show up that I noticed or I became more aware of and would had to have conversations with him. And when my wife and I got married and my dad started to get to know my wife, my wife and him, my wife and him get along great. She loves him to death, but it's funny because she's very straight up with him and will know, and you'll see little ignorances with him that are, um, pop up and she'll just address that right away. But, and, but she has friends that she'll do that with too, but it's harder to do sometimes with people that aren't family, you know, family gets to see you in your fullest dimensions. And I think that facilitates a little bit more of the learning sometimes a little bit more often, but with friends, for instance, I mean, I know Mike, you've talked about this is that like, if you have white friends, sometimes your white friends are like, you're like the whitest black person I know and say crazy shit like that, you know? And my wife's had to deal with that. And, and she's like, no, you know, she's with a bunch of people she didn't even know. And this friend she knew for two years suddenly said that when they went on a trip away and she just kind of stopped the room and said, listen, we're going to have this conversation right here. It's like, I'm, there's nothing white about me. I'm as, I'm as black as any other black person you're ever going to meet. And you don't ever want to make that mistake you know, and we, you know, this is, you know, I may have certain things that you associate with white people, but there are plenty of black people who also share these interests, have these behaviors, have this type of personality, and it has nothing to do with being white or black. So, you know, you got to fix that like now, because that's not, we're, you're not ever saying that to me again, <laughs> you know, publicly, privately, <laughs> anywhere, you know, but that's hard to do. Sometimes, depending where you are, who you're with, and whether you trust that person, you know, but that's, you know, and that's a painful thing. And then, you know, my wife comes home and it's like, that's a painful thing. For, she wants to talk about that because that hurt her. You know, she thought that person knew better. And to be in a situation where any minute you could be exposed to that, th th it's understandable why you wouldn't maybe feel why you're not going to be completely trusting the people you don't know really well. And it takes time to, to feel that out. I mean, I, I see it when I walk into a room of black people, if I'm the only white person, I see people taking my temperature. Some people want nothing to do with me. Some people are quite friendly and, and like, I'm cool. There's nothing that's going to bother me. And then some folks are kind of like, let's just see how this goes. Cause let's see if he opens his mouth and says something really stupid that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to just kind of play it close to the vest. And I get it. Like, I understand it. It's not, I, I'm that way with some people when, you know, especially around my family who I, you know, we go to an event with some of my wife's friends or something. And there are people that I'm just like, I, like Chris, I look at him and I'm going, this isn't going to go well. And they just open their mind. Like, I'm like, I feel that way. And my wife, like my wife got on my case once because we went to a wedding and it was like, you know, these were friends of hers and they were, they were, they were friendly people, but there was just some folks I just didn't feel right about. And my wife said something and I guess I was kind of on guard and she was trying to make the conversation nice. And I said, why? Like what? She was like, 
why don't you tell him about this? And I just looked at her and said, why? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she did. And I mean, I was just, I just felt that way. I just knew I'm like, I don't even want to waste my time. I don't even want to be here. And I was an asshole. Like I was a completely an asshole the entire time. And my wife was like, you realize how much of an asshole you were? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I realized, and we talked about it. And she goes, you just were. And I, and as things kind of came out over the years and my wife ended up having to end a friendship with her, with this person because of some things that were along the subject line she was like you must have just had a feeling i said i i didn't like the vibe of where we were i said but you were right i was an asshole and i didn't need to be but i was just on edge because i'm protective that's just you do that after a while you know yeah sometimes you're not gonna sugarcoat it um but i do i want to hear carrie's thought on that yeah too, please how, i'm sorry how you, how you you start that conversation do you even want to start that conversation because uh, Chris knows, and this is no disrespect to Chris, but the three, Carrie's got like the life wisdom. I look to him to give me <laughs> just the wisdom on life. Like, hey man, here's what you need to do, right? I always give him credit for telling telling me and Chris to protect your energy, right? Because he, he, I'd be out there on Twitter engaging with people and acting, <laughs> acting a fool and he's like, Mike, Mike, you got to protect your energy, man. You only have so much. It's like a bank account, right? They're in an unlimited amount in there and you've got to protect it because there are people in your life who deserve it. They deserve to have your energy. And if you've given it out to all these fools out there and now when it's time to engage with people who actually matter in your life and that energy account is exhausted because you've spent it arguing about some stupid shit. people on Twitter. So, Kay, that's, that's the lead in. I feel like I'm, I'm hosting again. What, what do you think, man, about about trying to start that conversation <laughs> or engage, engage people in that way? Yeah, I'm going to go more theoretical because kind of like how Chris came at it. Just as a black man right now, there's like pretty much conversations I'm just not going to have. There are things I'm not going to say. There's, you know, places I'm not really going to go at this point. But Mike said, um, as far as even attempting to go there was vulnerable. I feel like that's, that's the key, like that's the necessary piece of it. Um, you have to be vulnerable and the person you're talking to has to be vulnerable too because I think it comes down to a feeling emotion like how do I feel about this not so much my opinion how does what goes on in America make me feel now if you can't relate to somebody telling telling you how something makes you feel, then I don't know how far a uh, honest conversation would go if you acknowledge that person's feeling now, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, if you can't stop for two seconds and get in that person's headspace and say, oh, you know what? I understand this. You know, maybe I was looking at it wrong. You know, to me, that's where the conversation has to start. It's, you know, both sides have to be vulnerable and they have to be willing to uh, make themselves vulnerable and, you know, get in that emotion. And that's difficult because, you know, being a black man, I just feel like you're always vulnerable. You know, you're always in the space where, like we were talking about earlier, you know, since George Floyd and, you know, countless other things has gone on, there's been a cloud there. There's been vulnerability there. But 
when you step out in this world, you have to show some strength. You know, you're you're leaving your house, you're taking care of a family, you know, you you're, you're the man of your house, you know, you have responsibility and things on your back and you know you want to dream, you know, not to get um, you know, a toxic but in the kind of mindset about it, but you know, there's a balance. You want to have that strength, but the events that keep happening, um, you know, they weigh on you. They make you emotional. You know, it's not just black people being angry about it. Black people are hurt about this. You know, so it's just, it's difficult. So when you, when you have the range of emotion and when, you know, there's a conversation to be had and the person there doesn't have that level of emotion, compassion, they just have an opinion then and there's a disconnect and that's when it makes it hard to have that conversation because you know we're not we're not on the same wavelength it's not y'all's job to tell them how to grow up you know and and how to like see that and i think that's what makes it so difficult is like is that you know it it takes a lot it, it takes a lot for white people to understand that there are so many layers to this and that those layers are what lay that weigh people down. You know, if you're thinking about every move you're going to make in terms of like, I, I'm going to get out of my car and pump gas, who's around me and how are they interacting with me to how am I, you know, how are my, what are my kids going through today? What is the, the way the teacher, how's the teacher interacting with my kid? How's my wife dealing with things at work today? You know, whether or not, you know, whether I'm trying to buy a car or buy a house, how the real estate agent or the loan people are dealing with me to, you know, just things like that. And then you have someone at work wanting to talk to you about George Floyd or about the Capitol. That's like, that's like this much of like all the, of so many other things that go down. I don't think white people understand that as much as they should i don't know not for for me it's funny i was talking uh with somebody about this the other day and it was like um the burden of proof in 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 that that conversation is on black people and i told him like look man i didn't create racism we didn't create racism but yeah every time we have a conversation about it the the script gets flipped back over to me. Well, Mike, why do you think race is in everything? Race isn't in everything. You got well, show me this and show why do I gotta show your ass anything? I didn't create any of this. <laughs> but the script gets flipped and then the then, then I, I find myself, you know, being the one trying to defend and giving examples. And I, I get sucked into that academic track because, you know, I like history and I've studied stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm right in my wheelhouse. But it's not even about that. It's like to your point, Matt, and to Carrie's point, it's like just being able to think about it uh, from an emotional standpoint, a feeling standpoint, something that all of us do, right? Have emotions and feel things. And what I ended up telling this person, we kind of got back to it. And I said, well, look, um, for you, because their whole thing is like, I don't see it that way. I don't see race, right? You know, you know if you're black, you've heard yeah. that. I don't, 
I don't see. I don't. I don't see it. And I'm like, well, number one, it is bullshit. If you say you don't see it, but okay. Let's 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 assume that you're some kind of super enlightened person, and you don't see it. Um, I said, but you should see it. I said to me, that that's not like you know. I I don't necessarily look at that the way maybe some people do, where they, where they say, well, somebody sees says somebody says they don't see it, and that's like such a good thing. I'm like, no, nah, actually, that worries me a little bit. I think you should see it. Because it should be acknowledged that we're different and we have different experiences and different perspectives and different feelings. We can still care about one another, right? Just because we have those differences and we acknowledge them doesn't mean that we can't care about each other as human beings. But to me, when you don't see it or you tell yourself you don't see it, then it's almost like 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 you're not acknowledging that to me. It's almost yeah. like you want, you want to see me as, as, I don't know, but you're almost not acknowledging my 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 humanness you know for lack of a better word and i remember telling, i remember telling the guy i was like well if if you don't see it that way and you don't look at people that way and you don't think about the world that way look that's great but you also have to understand that you live in a world that sees it that way regardless of whether you do or not you live in the world that does and if you're really, really honest with yourself, even you could see it too. Because I said, look, you have to understand that you are afforded opportunities just by virtue of how you look. And I'm not even talking about the economic stuff. We can get into that all day. I'm saying dignity, respect, <clears throat> courtesy, and just interactions. Go to the damn grocery store. Somebody holds the door open for you. Just every afforded that you you get change back and somebody doesn't throw the change at you to actually put it in your hand. You're afforded, you know, these basic sort of everyday dignities and courtesy just by virtue of how you look. And you don't even realize that that's happening. Yeah. So we had that whole conversation about white privilege and now I don't really understand. Well, how am I privileged? I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and that's and that's such a level of denial because it's just like you know, I mean, the, the root of diversity and inclusion is recognizing that we're all different on some level, you know, and it's like it. And to me, like some white person saying that is in complete denial because it's in the same. He's probably the same person who probably thinks blondes have more friend, fun, redheads are, are fiery and have bad tempers, you know, and hasn't even thought for a second that it's like, oh, so you're. You're not, but you're not treating those people as individuals either, you know, yeah. but you've like, but you want to just erase everything. And that's basically setting the stage for your own standard. And your standard is biased in your whiteness, you know, and thinking, well, if everyone were like me, if everyone just behaves like the way I've learned how to behave, then everything's good. Well, maybe how you behave isn't all that great, you know, and maybe, and maybe it's okay, but it's okay for other people to behave differently. You know, there's like. And they were so confused, man. They were so confused because they were like, wait a minute. So I, I am supposed to acknowledge that you're black. I thought I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> <was so> confused. <laughs> a part of me actually did feel like a little, I was like, oh yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't made a mess here. Um, but they were just like so confused at the end of it. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, I thought we weren't supposed to look at it that way. And I said, look, I'm not trying to tell you how to look at anything or how to see anything. I'm just telling you how it would make me feel, how it does make me feel when I hear you say that. I mean, I, I want to be acknowledged for who I am and for what my background is and what my culture is and my perspective is. Acknowledging that is not a negative to me, right? It's when I'm treated unfairly 
because of that. That's what, you know, and all the things that come off of that, you know, that that's when it's a problem, but just acknowledging it and, do, and doing it in a way where we, we celebrate, it, right. We say, well, yeah, you know, let's, let's look at some of these things that I didn't know about uh, black people culturally or historically or same thing for me when I don't know about, cause look, I, I'm guilty of the same thing. You know, you can lump people together and say, oh, well, they're white. Well, I mean, it might be, who knows what, what country they, they come from, you know, they descended from in Europe. Shit, it could be from anywhere. So, you know, for me to learn a little bit more about that and say, oh, okay, so you're from here and then this is what's happened there and your parents did this and did that. It's still another learning opportunity. And I think all of that is okay. You know, don't, don't, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't like that idea of like, nah, we're not going to see it. We don't want to see it. It just, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't feel right to nah. me.